son. Where'd you find this? You are now listening to Podcast 42, the world's most popular, inaccurate, and sometimes squirrel-dry telling of pop culture history. Why was your microphone turned off? Because we were done. We, I, we were done. You said we were done with the live show, so I turned it off. I know, but we got another show to record. And then I would turn it back on when we started. And I would record this other show, but somebody just left the room. <laughs> Well, I always turn off I my mic when I'm done. I can't believe she left the room. I can't believe she left the room either. I can't believe it because. On that note, it's podcast forty-two. Who are you? JL Tros. I'm Christopher DeVos, and I'm Froz. Hey, I'm Nicole. I left the room. Oh, we got th- there we were got no other beers. We, we got decided... JL's beer cooler right here yeah, in front of us. We didn't want to right bring here. the look, politically look, look, controversial beer. Wedge, beer. Pass the beers out, please. Okay. All right, let's open up that beer cooler. JL beer cooler, it's cooler than you think. JL beer cooler. What is this? It looks this exciting. Is from the Star Trek Mirror Universe, Terrans Unite, India Pale Lager. What is sci-fi the Mirror sci-fi? Universe? I have no idea, but oh. I got it because it was a Star Trek inspired beer, and the past two we've had have been really good. Yes, those have been really good beers. Mm. And this one's also, an IPA, Chris. I wonder no, how it's an IPL. Like it. Oh, I'm sorry. An IPL. Yes, it's not an ale. It's a lager. Look at that insignia with the sword and that globe. I like it. I give the label a six. That was the other reason I got it, because the labels are always awesome. (laughs) Is that the Klingon label? No, I think think the Star Trek beer that I actually picked out that one week, I think the label was kind of weak on that one. It was weird. the Next Generation one, the Captain's one or whatever. Yeah, it has some weird thing on it. Yeah, Captain's Holiday. That one was not the best. Like, you wouldn't even know it was a Star Trek beer unless it said Star Trek on it. Correct. Unless you're a little tiki god type thing on Mm -hmm. it. Yeah, I guess that was from the episode. I guess that was named after an episode. That beer was named after an episode, Mm -hmm. and that tiki was in the episode. So I think Mm -hmm. you really had to be a super Trekkie Mm -hmm. to get the whole thing. Are you just mm-hmm because you're coming yes. in late to the conversation because you <laughs> left the room as we started recording? No, it has nothing to do with me coming in late to the conversation. It's just I have nothing to contribute, so I'm just going to agree. I love that label. For empire, for people, for glory. Nice. Well, you'll get the rating at the end of the episode because right now we're going to talk what? Backstreet. Backstreet's back. All right. Also related to Star Trek. Backstreet Boys are related to Star Trek. How so? I was... I don't know. We're drinking Star Trek two Backstreet Boys. Mm. Both are very popular in the 90s. Okay. <laughs> That's the only correlation. <laughs> the, the I, I wow. thought maybe Backstreet guests appearance on Star Trek or something, but no. Yes, on Deep Space Nine. Or they sang a song about Star and Trek. And appeared in Did they um, really? the Star Wars prequels. No, they got cut, I thought. They I were thought in the Battle only, of a Geonosis. I thought there was only Where? like Joey and, and Lance. Where? Yeah, two of them. The Battle of Geonosis. They're the two Jedi that threw uh, new lightsabers to Anakin and Obi-Wan Kenobi. Stop we, it. Stop. No, no, I don't believe that. Believe I don't that's... believe it. I will look it up. All right, you look it up. We will. Should we do a quiz or something? So, well, before we do the quiz, I said my wife, who doesn't listen to the show, I said, wife, listen to the show. JL picked Backstreet Boys this week. Bet you're gonna listen to that one. And she goes, No, I'm an InSync fan. Yes. And I said, You can like both. That's what I said. You said you can't listen to both. And she said, No, you can't listen to both. You had you either. Had to be a fangirl for InSync, or you had to be a fangirl for Backstreet, and the two couldn't cross. Now you could secretly listen if you were InSync. You could secretly listen to Backstreet Boys, but you couldn't admit that you listened. I think to she's right. Boys. I, probably she's the wife. She's always right. Doesn't she do a narration for this show? No, Chris. When I heard, I've heard her it. voice, yeah, before. she does the end thing. She does a, a Cremo plug at the end. But that doesn't mean she listens to it every week. She recorded that and it's looped in at the end. She doesn't have <laughs> yeah. to listen to the show. Kramo sang happy birthday to her just so she would do it. 
Did he? Yeah. He always sings happy birthday when it's your birthday. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. It's part of being in the Cramo fan club. I want to be in the Cramo fan club. Did you get your Cramo happy birthday remix on your birthday? No, I want one. Ooh. You need to join the Cramo fan club. I'm joining the Cramo fan club. What? What is this now? But right now, get out your pens and papers because it's pop quiz time. Pop quiz. This pop quiz is called... Backstreet's back? Oh, wait. No, they're not. Oh, wait. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. No, they're not. Yes, they are. Now with Moy Boy Band. <laughs> N-K-O-T-B. Or Backstreet should have made a promotional deal with Rearview Mirrors. Some of these sound like titles to that game, You Don't Know Jack. Could be. I could work for You Don't Know Jack. Maybe you don't get the last joke. Think larger than life. Isn't your brother's name Jack? And every answer will be more than that. <laughs> <laughs> This is five general knowledge facts on Backstreet Boys in order of the easiest to the hardest to test your knowledge score. One point for each correct answer. Question one. What was the boy's first single ever? The very first Backstreet Boys single ever released. What was the name of it? Uh, That is incorrect. You're supposed to write these down, not say them out loud. Uh, It was actually their third released single. (laughs) That was actually on the Millennium album. When they went grunge. <laughs> Question number two: What is their greatest hit CD entitled? The name of their greatest hit CD. Oh, oh, JL, you have puzzled looks on both of these. You're disappointing me. Yeah, you know, you'll uh, kick yourself when you hear the answers. Um, um, um was actually Backstreet's second greatest <laughs> hits. That was actually album. the greatest hit off the Crash Test Dummies uh, album. I do like me some Crash Test Dummies. Oh, I have too much beer now. Crash Test Dummies have a great first album, debut album, before they got popular mm-hmm. with some of that weird stuff. Yeah, that's the weird stuff. They have a song called uh, Superman Never Made Any Money. Go seek it out. It's really good. Question number three. In which video from the Backstreet Boys was Brian's heart surgery shown? Brian had heart surgery, and in the video they reenacted it. What was the song? Why would they reenact it? That sounds very grim. Because that was a big deal. That was a big deal for the band. He could have died, and then they would have been four instead of five. Which happened at one point. Yes. Yeah. Wait, so you want the song title, the video yeah, title? The, well, the video, the song. I'm taking a wild guess here, just putting two words together. Okay, try. I'll give you a hint. Try putting seven words together. Oh, my gosh. Really? Yeah, seven words. Put seven, seven words I'm, together. I can't do that. I don't even know. That's a lot. Seven words. Holy. Uh, (laughs) Seven words. They're all different words. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. None of the words are the same of the seven. So it's not la la la. No. All right. Moving on. Question number four. When is the official Backstreet Boys Day in Orlando? (laughs) Bless you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't know. Pass. No passing. You have to have an answer. The official Backstreet Boys Day in Orlando. What day is it? Question number five. Hardest of all the hard questions. In the thank yous from the album Millennium, Nick had written a code. 5483-5433-86843-3855-378-367-843-388-8734772273. What does that code mean? It's all their phone numbers. Do you want me to repeat the code? Five four eight three five four three 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 three. Big long code. It's in the thank yous on the album Millennium. What does that big long code mean? If you translate that code out, the number of records they sold could be they sold a hell of a lot more records than I thought they did after doing research. All right, pencils down. Question one: What was the boys' first single ever? Nicole, quit playing games with my heart. That, wait, no, isn't that NSYNC? Yes. No, it's not. I think it is. Nope. No, it's Backstreet. You're right. Yes, I know I'm right. Faraz? We've got it going on. JL? All I have to give. Mm. Faraz, you got it right. Yes. What? I think you can see my phone. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Question number two. What is their greatest hit CD entitled, JL? Uh, The singles, Greatest Hits Volume 1. That's a good guess. Nicole? I just said Backstreet's back. Faraz? I ditto Nicole. What? I want I my ditto hits Nicole that way was actually the name back. of the album. You think their greatest hits <laughs> You think their greatest hits album was called I Diddled Nicole? I diddled. <laughs> That's I sick. Hi, I don't Nicole's need to mom. know why you came here early today, right? <laughs> it's called Chapter One. Chapter, Chapter One. That's right. I, I said you'll kick yourself. Yep. Oh, you know the only reason Faraz knows that that was the first single was because he wrote the script. 
uh, poking that hole okay. in that was theory. Was it in the script? Okay. Oh, is it on here? Probably. Uh, sometimes. But he wrote it, so he I probably made it to the it. second page yet. Sometimes they're in there. He didn't write all of it, by the way. I know he doesn't <laughs> write all of it. But <laughs> yeah, he, guys. he might have written that part. <laughs> I moved and wrote some script. I sort of moved. I didn't really move. All right, question number three. In which video... They were celebrating Canada Day outside Chris's window right I actually now. thought it was a tap on the window. I got <laughs> scared. In which video from the Backstreet Boys was Brian's heart surgery shown? It's the name of the song or the name of the video. It's the same thing. For us. Seven put, words. I don't have seven words. I told you it was seven words. I put... Wait, is it called seven words? No. Yes. There's seven words in the title of the song. My guess is seven words. Close. Nicole? No idea. Jail. Show me the meaning of being lonely. Ah! That's it. Oh. Did the did the hint Show help? Yes, because my guess before that was drowning ah. off of the same album, oh. but still, that's seven yeah. words though. Oh. Not seven words. As soon as you said seven words, I went. Oh, I know that one. Oh, good, good job, good job. When is the official Backstreet Boys Day in Orlando, Nicole? You should know this. You're a fan girl. I'm no. I wasn't in sync, girl. Oh boy. So your wife explained you can't be both. You could secretly be both, but you albums. couldn't publicly yeah. be both. So you know. I know, but... They had three albums. Contracted for four. Yeah, and then Lou... What was his name? Lou He's in jail. We don't yeah. talk about him. Give yeah. me a date, though. September 1st. Jail. May 18th. For us. 420. <laughs> <laughs> Good guess. Good guess. October 7th is officially Backstreet Boys Day Two in days Orlando. After my birthday, I know what I'm doing. Why? <laughs> <laughs> Why is that? I don't know. Uh, it, I think the mayor did it for them. Uh, I think it was Buddy. Buddy Dyer did it for them. And then the last one of the thank yous from the album Millennium. Nick had written a big, gigantic, long code in numbers. What was that code translated to for Roz? I have phone numbers. Nicole. <laughs> we will be back. JL. Aaron Carter's drug dealer's phone number. Aaron Carter's drug dealer's phone number is correct. No way. No, it's not. It's oh. Live life to the fullest for the future is scarce. Interesting. Wow. That's deep. That might translate Especially to... coming from Aaron Carter. I mean, Nick Carter. <laughs> Both the same. <laughs> yeah. So let's get into the heart of this thing. It's JL's topic. You lead us off. You're going to do the part? Because you know it should come after I say a word, right? Huh? You'll pick up on it. Heartthrob. Yeah. Pop sensation. Yeah. yeah. Seductive. Yeah. yeah. Smooth. Yeah. Alluring. Yeah. Exciting. Yeah. Dreamy. <laughs> <laughs> All of these describe how fans of the 90s boy band, the Backstreet Boys, saw the iconic band. Named after Backstreet Flea Market in Orlando, the group was composed of A.J. McLean, Brian Luttrell, Howie Duro, Kevin Richardson, and Nick Carter. Now, that may or may not be true because I saw several uh, things about how they got their name. That's the most popular theory, but there's a couple other ones, too. What are the other ones? Um, a restaurant and uh, the manager named them, I hmm. think, was a couple of them, but there's several. The trio of A.J. Howie and Nick Carter, the former two from Florida and Carter from New York, originally met during casting calls for places like Disney World and Universal Studios and decided to form their own a cappella group. Brian and Kevin, cousins from Kentucky, used to sing together in their church choir. Eventually, in 1990, Kevin moved to Orlando, where he became a cast member for the Walt Disney World. There, through another cast member, he met the trio of A.J., Howie, and Nick. The three invited Kevin to join their group and their pursuit of a musical career. I believe he played Mickey Mouse. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's too tall. Oh, okay. Shortly after... How do you know that? I'm just Why are we guessing? going in reverse tonight? I don't know, because Chris did it, not me. We're not going in reverse. We're going to order how you sit. What does that mean? It usually goes that way, like the way we introduce ourselves. Not so, the way I, if I end up dividing the script, that's I always... why I said because Wait, I didn't hold on. do it tonight. So we've always had a pattern of how we did the script. Oh, you yes. didn't know? No. I do. So if Nicole picked a topic, it would start with Nicole, then goes me, no, you, then JL. No. And if you did this, if you picked Thank a script, you. it would be Froz, JL, Nicole, me. No, that's I, how I do it. And then when I do it, I do it in the order we introduce ourselves. So I'm going. But we don't always do it the same counterclockwise. Way what? We always introduce ourselves in the same order. Do we? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Faraz always goes last. I'm third. She's second. You're first. I never knew that. I never paid attention. You don't yeah, pay you attention. You don't listen to the show. I, I always try to finish last. <laughs> <laughs> 
Shortly after, in 1992, now notorious record producer Lou Pearlman released an ad in the Orlando Sentinel newspaper for group auditions in the hopes of organizing a band of local male vocalists. We should do a show on Lou Pearlman because he's a bastard. Yeah. Yeah, he is. That would be a fun show just to drag him through the mud. AJ, 14 years old at the time, was the first of the five to answer the call, uh, the audition call, and the first to impress Pearlman. After seeing hundreds of auditions, Perlman approved of AJ's two friends, Howie, 19, and Nick, only 12, along with Sam Licata and Charles Edwards. Before the group started taking off, however, both Sam and Charles quit. The latter would also go on to quit in sync just before that boy band took off. Wait boy, those guys must be. Man, that guy <laughs> must hate himself. <laughs> oh, my God. Two be, of them. No, no, I think terrible. Charles hates himself a little more. <laughs> Why wouldn't Sam hate himself? Because Sam wasn't in in sync. Yeah. Charles was. I think Charles right was called like, the most the unluckiest oh, guy in show Char- business or something Yeah, I see that. it. Yeah. He quit both right before. That sucks. Why? As luck would have it, Kevin auditioned to fill the vacancy and was immediately accepted, having already become familiar with the other three members. Still in need of a fifth, Kevin reached out to his cousin, Brian, in Kentucky. That didn't sound gay at all. Insisting that he contact Perlman. Brian auditioned over a phone call and came down to Florida immediately to join Perlman Perlman's group in on April twentieth, nineteen ninety three. Hey, it could have been for see he, he reads been. the script. It could have been see. Now there you go. Which would become the official anniversary of the Backstreet Boys. Do you see this? He's cheating. The official anniversary of the Backstreet Boys is four twenty. But it's not Backstreet Boys Day. No, no, it's not. You have to talk to the mayor of Orlando if you want to change. I mean, I will gladly celebrate them on April twentieth every year. Okay, you knock yourself out. I will. Come May 8th, the newly formed boy band had their debut performance at SeaWorld Orlando. Hmm. Uh, and then a whale ate half the band. There used to be 10 members. Now there's only five. Cause they they're... were like Menudo. <laughs> <laughs> they were the original five guys. <laughs> oh, that was bad. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> throughout the summer, they continued to perform throughout Florida at venues including shopping malls, restaurants, and charity galas. Shortly after a change in management, the group spent the fall season performing at schools throughout the United States, including Brian's former school, Tate's Creek High. Most of these performances lasted only 15 minutes or so, but each helped the group polish their act while simultaneously generating excitement among teenagers and hopefully attract a record deal. In 1994, after negotiations fell through with Mercury Records because John Mellencamp threatened to leave the label as they got into the boy band business, Apparently due to the fact that he wanted no one to touch his little pink houses, hmm. the group performed. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> like doll houses? Yes, like doll yes, houses. Exactly. Like John Cougar. You've never listened to John Cougar Mellencamp? He is uh, like a folk rock singer, but he's he like only the, sings about dolls. Oh. He's like the Midwestern Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, but okay. he's very Nietzsche. He sings about Barbies and dollhouses and he, he Barbie wrote cars. the original version of Barbie Girl. Yeah. Okay. It's it's sure. not but it was for too, everybody. but it, it was too folksy, so that's why Aqua did it in a more pop <laughs> yeah. way. Yeah. You should look him up. He's You probably like him. Sure. The group performed at a Cleveland high school. Mm. Fortunately for them, Jeff Fenster and David Resner of Zamba Jive Records were listening and decided to make an offer. They accepted and signed their first record deal. That following summer, they flew to Sweden where they began yeah. where they began work on their first album. Yeah, yeah, first album, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the single That was their first single, but it didn't go very far. <laughs> the real single, We've Got It Going On. See? Yeah, was, it's right was released now with that fall. <laughs> Originally heard over radio in Europe and then debuting in North America via the radio station Mix 96. Isn't that via? It is via. It is via. Can you say both? It no. Ways? No. Are you sure it's like a tomato, tomato? No, no. it's via. Who says tomato, though? Canadians. British people. I say via. No, it's and we via. Say it's via. I'm going to say via. Via sounds like Henceforth, a I will be saying via. <laughs> and you'll be saying it wrong. Via the radio station Via. Mix 96 out of Montreal, <laughs> Canada. No, it's Canada. Which just celebrated. It it's Canada Day. 
The now, song? when this episode's released, it'll be like six months from Canada Day. <laughs> if they ever find it. We'll find it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find it. Apparently, when we do musical uh, episodes, the scripts disappear where no, the episodes do. Don't rem- I'm, I'm, I'm mad. <laughs> oh, Keep I mean, going. No, I, oh. I, whatever happened, go. Keep going. That song became just a modest success in the group's home continent. Though the single peaked at meager, though suggestive, 69 on the U.S. Oh, my God. Well, we know where Faraz wrote. (laughs) It enthusiastically mounted the top five in Germany. Enthusiastically mounted. Let's just. I can't. Do you believe in mounting? Do you believe in magic? I'm sure you do. Switzerland, Austria, France. I can't quit you. And... (laughs) Of course, oh. the Netherlands. Wait a second. Too soon. What? What do you mean too soon? What just too happened? Too soon for Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger. Too soon is what? Five, six years? Five. When did The Dark Knight come out? Two it's been about 10 years. 2008. Eight. Eight. Yeah, I think it was eight. It's yeah. 10 years. Okay, 10 years. And it's too soon? <laughs> too soon. To quote a movie that he was in? Yeah. I can so quote Knight's Tale if he'd rather. <laughs> What would you quote yeah, from the Knight's Tale? I don't know. I thought Knight's Tale was very underappreciated. I, I don't remember much except for those rock and Batman roll Batman Begins with 2005, I think. Yes. Yes. On a roll. All right. Backstreet Boys. They enthusiastically mounted. Where was I? Success oh, yeah. Success in Europe. <laughs> Success in Europe. Success in Europe prompted the group to journey across the continent. Success in Europe prompted the group to journey across the continent for a summer tour having now shifted their promotion strategy almost exclusively to European audiences. That's because European audiences say via. They finished recording their first album, Backstreet Boys. Wait a minute, that's their name. Self-titled. In April of 1996. That made more sense. Which was released internationally that May. Neither Canada nor the U.S. were graced with that album, however, until... October. I think we should start a band <clears throat> and name our first album self-titled. But just that's the name of the album, self-titled. Yes. But the name of our band will be something completely different. You know, we could were... our first single be no title? Yes, yeah, that's what I was just going to say. We were listening to a song and it said on the the little screen it had the band's name and then below it it said no title. He's like, "Oh, this song doesn't have a title. That's so weird." And I was like, "Maybe the title is no title." Could be. <gasps> Who knows? Who oh, knows? Is it my turn? Yes. Sorry, I'm used to following Nicole. their popularity in europe continued to surge i'll never break your heart reached a gold status in germany for selling 250,000 copies and the backstreet boys were voted the number one international group of 96 although that's not hard in germany because they also like david hasselhoff Uh, who's phenomenal Mm. i never Uh, heard him sing he was Uh, night rider well yeah he's night rider i've seen that and i've seen him eat a a hamburger drunkenly that's about it um and he was in spongebob I have a great idea for a show with him, and one day I'm going to pitch it. It's going to be phenomenal. All right. Well, don't pitch it over the air. Somebody will steal it. That's right. They also earned their first platinum record in Germany in that <laughs> same year for selling 500,000 copies of their debut album. Way to go, Nicole. Shortly thereafter, they began touring Asia and Canada. Canada. Which is celebrated. It's Canada Day. No, it's Canada Day. Canada Day was yesterday. Like three months ago. Subsequently, they became one of the most successful debut artists in the world collecting awards such as Best Newcomers in Germany's Viva Comet Awards in 1996. <laughs> I love the Viva Comet Awards. Viva Comet Awards! It's like happy cleaning. Yeah. The group began working on their second album, Backstreet's Back. All right! In 1996. Obviously a busy year for all of them. They also recorded the song, If You Stay, for the Booty Call soundtrack in the same <laughs> year, because that came out in 1996. And speaking of underappreciated movies... Booty Call is one of them. I don't, I, can, I don't even know if I know Booty Call. Oh, you would. Like, you've never had one. Which was released in February 1907, the last time Chris had a Booty Call. <laughs> <laughs> Backstreet's Back was released internationally, excluding the U.S. because they didn't need it until the fall of 1997. Actually, last time I had a Booty Call was 1993. <laughs> Get it right. Sorry, sorry. Soul Asylum was huge then. I love Soul Asylum. They are a very good Runaway train, never going back. After dominating European charts, the Backstreet Boys finally returned their sights to the U.S., which they had left fertile and untouched. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (sighs) 
Their self-titled U.S. <laughs> debut album comp- compromised the songs from their 1996 international debut album and Backstreet's Back. All right. Was released in the U.S. on August 12th of 1997. It reached a glorious peak at glorious. number four on the U.S. album chart and eventually sold 14 million copies. Wow. Meanwhile, the second international release, Backstreet's Back. All, all right. right. Peaked much, much higher in Germany, Norway, Switzerland, Finland, the Netherlands, Belgium, and Austria, sitting firmly atop the firmly. number one sweet spot across <laughs> Europe. Sweet, sweet spot. Where it sold well over 5 million copies. Oh, yeah. Through ni- though, through, though, though, oh. though 1996 was clearly a very, very busy year, 1998 would prove to be the group's most successful year. However, their bank accounts did not reflect that success. It was suspected that the now nefarious Lou Perlman was not being forthright in handling the group's finances. They also found out that Perlman was managing their biggest competition in sync. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, my gosh. What? The scandal. Oh, okay. (laughs) I thought she had something that was pertinent to the conversation. I'm going to crack open a cold one. This gets juicy. We don't go too much into Perlman. That's why we should do a separate yeah, show. Yeah, because Ron Perlman was definitely the better brother. Ron Perlman? Yeah, from... Hellboy. Oh, Ron were, Perlman. Are they really related? Yeah, that's oh, his brother. Oh, shit. For some reason, I was thinking of uh, of a uh, 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 guy from Firefly. Oh. Nathan Phillips? Jane. The one who plays Jane? No, the Not one who Nathan. played the preacher. Oh, yeah. Wasn't his name Perlman? Yes, it was. Okay. Perlman quickly from... Perlman quickly went from father figure to deadbeat dad. The Backstreet Boys were undoubtedly betrayed, caught up in a dramatic tragedy that threatened to dash their wistful dreams. Who says wistful? I don't know. Canadians. (laughs) Despite the hurt, the pain, and the soul-cutting deceit. (laughs) Yeah, I wonder who wrote this. The group forced themselves to continue their heavy tour schedule while simultaneously striking Perlman and his company, Transcontinental, with a lawsuit. Perlman and his company took about $10 million in revenue, while the band received a sad, meager figure around 300000 That is crazy. BS. Yeah, that's pretty shitty. And now he's in jail, so you don't have to because worry about Because of things it. like this. Yeah. Didn't he die in jail? Yes. Yeah, I think what? so. He's dead? I think he's huh? dead. He's dead? I believe he died in jail. Dun, dun, ah. dun. Dun, dun, To dun. make matters worse, Brian got the news that he had to undergo open heart surgery this immediately. This a shitty time. Or he would that. die. I remember that just yeah. because I had open heart surgery. So when I heard that, I was like, oh, he's just like me. But you're in sync fan. Yeah. You didn't yeah, give a shit. Yeah, but I followed Backstreet You probably Boys. hoped he died. Holy no, crap. I had the Backstreet <laughs> Boy albums too. I just was you're not allowed to say it oh yeah she had them but she was dude he cheated on every boy band he also had lfo yeah night aaron carter yeah yeah Yeah, anyone that was related to orlando i believe is he dead i'm surprised he wasn't like doing bad stuff with all these boys Um, no there were allegations there were allegations there you go okay i thought he was just into money did you find out if he's dead he is dead he died he in did. Miami back in 2016 from cardiac arrest. He okay. did. Oh, yeah. I remember hearing about it, I think. Uh, so back Suffered to from cardiac defect. 300,000. His oh. was having open heart surgery. Uh, he had suffered from a cardiac defect since he was a child and had previously rescheduled the surgery before in order to keep up with the band's tour schedule. Brian's condition was nothing short of grave. However, eight weeks after the life-or-death surgery... He was back on stage performing live once again. Despite his willpower and dedication to performing for fans, Brian wasn't fully recovered and often had to run backstage to waiting oxygen tanks to help him stay afloat. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. But even more challenges were to come. (gasps) Find out next week on... No, we're not done yet. We're still going. There's a lot of stuff going on. It's like a soap opera now. It is. How he lost his sister to lupus. No, no. You're, that is not your part to read. He wanted to read about lupus. Oh, it's I'm never sorry. lupus, except in this case where it is lupus. I did steal. Ask part. House. Howie lost, lost his, his sister, sister to lupus. The tragedy forcing the group to take a respite from. from Perform. I was wondering too. I was going to say respite, but I wasn't sure how you were going to say it. So <laughs> I do it. They were burnt out. Exhausted, road weary, 
and the gig simply wasn't fun anymore. Aww. Shortly after, in October of 1998, the group received the keys to the city from the mayor of Orlando in honor of the tornado relief concert the group headlined that March, which raised over $250,000, almost as much as they made. All our, <laughs> all our questions are going to be answered from the quiz with this next sentence. The day was also declared Backstreet Boys Day. No. Oh, that makes sense. No, now. no, now no. We know but why. there's no date there. It just says October of 1998. There's no specific date. It says October 5th. No, it doesn't. Yeah, it does. Where the does dates it say in that? like the original drafts. It does not say October fifth. Oh it doesn't God. matter that it doesn't say it in the script that was in the pop quiz. Well, we know said, it's true. You said our questions are going to be answered in this next sentence, but there is no specific date. So how am I it supposed to It narrows it down date? to thirty one days. It's <laughs> October. <laughs> That's why. It's okay. They regrouped with new management, a new album, and with a newfound enthusiasm. Yay! Brian and Kevin took the helm October at s- <laughs> Brian and Kevin took the helm at songwriting <laughs> and producing. Do you like our studio like audience effect sounds that we do after every <laughs> sentence now? <laughs> Their third studio album, Millennium, like Ooh. the Falcon, produced the worldwide hit single I Want It That Way. I want it that way. Tell me why. Tell me why. Why are you staring at me when you sing at me? Because it's telling you why. I never want to hear you say. Come on, unison. I want it that way. I told you all I didn't listen to the Backstreet Boys. All right, keep going for us. Carrazzo's supposed to be the bass. He doesn't know the song. He only knows Nickelback. I can't believe this. Three falsettos and Nickelback. (laughs) (laughs) I Want It That Way topped the single charts in over 25 countries. Tell me why. (laughs) Hey, can we do a Nickelback episode and lose that one? No. Oh, Oh, that would have made me so happy. (laughs) The same day the album was launched. Got a tear of joy right The now. Backstreet Boys made a heavily publicized appearance on MTV's Total Request Live. You mean TRL? TRL. Total Request Live. Yeah, TRL. Yeah, Total Request Live. Canadian. Yeah. Total Request Live. <laughs> That's what TRL stands for. We know. We couldn't. <laughs> I don't understand. It's fine. Because you know what? Millennium climbed the Billboard charts. Easily climaxing oh at the God. number one spot. <laughs> oh, the that's bright, sweet, that's where I sweet wanted to climb. Number climax. one spot, so juicy and sought after, <laughs> thriving, pulsating to get there. That's not what my script says. <laughs> when I finally got there, I managed to sell over a million copies in my first week. <sighs> Exhausted. Four singles were released. I want it that way. Tell the me most, why. The most well known. Larger than life. That makes you larger than life. Show me the meaning of being lonely and the one. I don't know the one. Because I'll be the one. I do know the one. I know it. I know it. Yeah, to hold you. I know it. Unfortunately, I know it. Wasn't that a Jet Li movie? Yes. Yes. Which that actually was written for. Really? Yeah. Oh, shit. I know. Jet Li and the Backstreet Boys. Larger than life. Millennium became the best-selling album of 1999, outselling Prince's 1999 that same year. It stayed on the Billboard chart for 93 weeks, selling over 12 million copies, and being certified 13 times platinum. Wow. Yep. In 1999, the Backstreet Boys embarked on the Into the Millennium Tour, which comprised 115 sold-out shows. The next leg, which was sponsored by Sears... Sold out on August 14th, the same day, the very same day tickets went on sale. One concert at the Georgia Dome in Atlanta was the fifth most attended concert in U.S. history and the most attended pop concert. Turn the page. That's the Bob Seger Turn episode. the page. Here I go. Yep. The entire group contributed to writing songs for their next album, Black and Blue. That's the way I like my burgers. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> derail. <laughs> they began recording July 1st, 2000 in Stockholm, Sweden. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. One song that was completed during the recording sessions, It's True, was 
Yes, it's true. That's really the name of the song. Was How does released? that one go? Do I know that one? Is no. it famous? We don't no, know that one. At all. They don't okay. know that one. Not at all. It was not famous. Okay. Was released on August 28th that year in a compilation album sold exclusively at Burger King restaurants <laughs> titled For the Fans. I can't believe this. I remember that. Do you? I do. I remember the Ninja Turtles album that was sold at Pizza Hut back in the early 90s. I remember that too. Do you remember the concert? Yes. That was a phenomenal concert. You what was it called? It doesn't matter. You know what was the best part of that Out concert? Out of our shells. Yes. Do you know what was the best part of that concert though? Donatello played a guitar. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> um, Millennium was the last album that I bought of the Backstreet Anytime Boys. Anytime you can play a guitar. <laughs> a turtle playing a guitar is pretty That's impressive. That's right. Go on, Nicole. Sorry. Guitar. Over. To promote the album's release, they traveled around the world visiting Stockholm, Tokyo, Sydney, Cape Town, Rio de Janeiro, and New York City. Faraz, don't you love the way she rolls her tongue? <laughs> <laughs> a DVD of the short tour, as well as a board game, were released in 2001, titled Around the World. Which is actually a Red Hot Chili Peppers song. Wait, they had a board game? Yeah. Apparently. Did you all play it? Yeah. It was like, where in the world is Carmen San Diego, but with the Backstreet Boys. It's yeah. the best board game ever made. Well, sure. Clearly, they've been in a lot of places. The album sold over... Been around the world, I yeah yeah yeah. Five million copies in its first week of sales, making them the first artist since the Beatles to achieve back-to-back million-plus first-week sales. Three singles were released from the Black and Blue album. Shape of My Heart, The Call, and More Than That. That explains why you like the Backstreet Boys, JL, because you like John Lennon. It's all coming full circle. That's right. On January 28, 2001, the Backstreet Boys performed the American National Anthem at Super Bowl 35 in Tampa, Florida. The group then started the Black and Blue Tour, which featured shows in five continents, but was suddenly put on hold in July. AJ had entered rehab, trying to battle alcoholism no, and depression no, no. after Kevin organized an intervention for him at a Boston hotel. The tour resumed in August and finished in November. Shortly after, the group faced a harrowing loss with the tragic 9-11 terrorist attacks against the U.S. On the night of September 10th, the band had completed a sold-out show in Boston, Massachusetts, and the following morning, Brian's wife... Leanne. Leanne. Leanne, is that how you say that? Yeah. yeah. Leanne. There's a Leanne. lot of Leanne. letters in that name. It's a, it's a southern way of spelling it. Leanne. Okay. Brian's wife, Leanne, with all those letters, had planned on catching a flight back to Los Angeles aboard American Airlines Flight 11, mm. along with set carpenter Daniel Lee, who was returning home to Los Angeles to see his own wife, who was about to give birth to their second child. This is going to get sad. Yeah. Fortunately, Leanne canceled her flight after deciding to spend more time with her husband that same night. Lee, however, was among 92 people killed when the hijacked plane crashed into the North Tower of the World Trade Center. The next day during a concert on the next leg of the tour in Toronto, Brian gave a brief speech on Lee and led the audience in a brief moment of silence for Lee and all the victims of the attacks. That's not good. (laughs) I guess all this is your part. Huh? No, it's your part. No, it doesn't. No, no, Faraz, you're next. How do you have that? <laughs> Mine just keeps going on with Chris. Uh, here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's laugh after that somber note. That makes sense. Oh, here we are. In June of 2006, Kevin parted ways from the Backstreet Boys in pursuit of other interests. Both Kevin and the rest of the group issued a statement on their official site stating that he departed amicably and the the door was always open for him to return following kevin's departure the group considered changing their name to backstreet but (laughs) ultimately but ultimately decided against it yeah don't change your name that's stupid they also still boys it's not like they turn into girls or men backstreet men no, that that sounds creepy. That doesn't roll that's, off the tongue. No, no, that's just creepy. And... Yeah. Even though they are all men now. They also turned down an offer to start a reality show to find a new member and musicians who had expressed interest in replacing Kevin, such as former NSYNC members Lance Bass and Joey Fatone. Those guys get around. They are. <laughs> they would not go over to the Backstreet Boys after I think Joey Fatone would. Yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah. He had to do something other than like introduce you know Steve Harvey for the family feud or yeah, sell opened, hot dogs. Yeah, he opened a hot dog stand. Uh, I thought and the it hot closed. Yeah, it's not there anymore. It's not there. <gasps> yeah, we went gone. over this. It's gone. We went over this. It I was thought they gone. just moved it. No, it's gone. Did you go to the first when it was there? 
jail? Yeah, it was, wasn't bad. I think that's his second one, though. There's still the first one somewhere, but I'm not well, The positive. one in the mall is definitely gone. I will yes, that's look gone. up to see where it is. All right, Go no, on. Backstreet. Back to Backstreet. The Backstreet Boys, however, had no plans to replace Kevin. Irreplaceable. Come May of 2011, the group announced that they had left their longtime label, Jive Records. Why are you staring? What's going on? I had to burp. I burped out a mic. It's on iDrive. Okay. I would go. Okay. The hot dog place. Yeah. yeah I know where. It's open till midnight. I can go after the show. There Dang. you go. You're hungry. Should we all go get a hot dog? We, they we they have they <laughs> have a sampler one. It's called the Boy Bander. Five mini signature hot dogs. The Reuben, the Two New York, the Hot Dog, the Cuban P, and Gone Hollywood. We, we could all take a bite out of each one. In May of 2011. You each bite these hot dogs? Yeah, we'll all bite the hot dogs together at the same time. And then we'll rate them on a scale of one to five boy bands. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> what? That makes sense? No, it doesn't. <clears throat> Why? Because you, you're rating hot dogs. Because there's <clears throat> 16 hot dogs I feel in like a in package. a hot dog sitting, you could eat two hot dogs per sitting. So you would rate them one out of two, no? I could eat three. Huh. How big are the hot dogs? Regular size hot dogs. They're fat ones. They can they can vary in sizes and shapes. Yeah, you could have foot long hot dogs. Nicole and I know about that. Regular size hot dogs. Not foot longs, not half a long, not double long, not double wide. Are it's they, a regular hot dog. Are they dog. stuffed with anything? A hot dog bun sized hot dog. What's what are they topped with? <clears throat> mustard. Only mustard? Ew. Only mustard. I would go with a rating of a two point scale. So two. it's either good or bad. That's right. But there's sixteen <laughs> hot dogs to a package. No, we're going to a restaurant. You're not going to get 16 hot dogs for this order. You might get two hot dogs, like a taco place. You get maybe two tacos. All right, moving on. <sighs> oh, jeez. Every time. <laughs> what do you mean every time? In May of 2011. What do you mean every time? What do you what, mean? What, hold on. What? What do you mean Can every I, time? I'm trying to talk about the Backstreet Boys right. and their tour. Go ahead. With the new kids on the block. Go ahead. K-O-T-B-S-B. K-O-T-B. SB. Oh my God. <laughs> Come May of 2011. Damn it. Every time. In May of 2011, <laughs> the Backstreet Boys embarked on a joint tour with the new kids on the block. As? As N K O T B S B. No, you said it wrong. N K O T B S E. S B. Yeah. S B. Yeah. B S B. You forgot a B the first time. Every time. Prior to the Every tour, yeah. is it prior or is it prior? <laughs> uh, reader's choice. Prior to the tour, oh they released God. a compilation <laughs> album of their biggest hits, also titled "God Damn It." NKOTB. They did not title it "God Damn It." It would never sell at Walmart. <laughs> also titled which included NKOTBSB. Which included a mashup and two new songs. Whoa. Yeah. The tour lasted until June of 2012, comprising 80 shows in North America, Europe, Australia, and Asia. Whoa. Then in July of 2011, during a show at the Los Angeles Staples Center. Really? <laughs> <laughs> That's the name of it. Yep. All right. Then, in July of 2011, during a show at the Los Angeles Staples Center, Kevin <laughs> rejoined the group on stage. Yay! There's a typo on the page that says Los Angeles Staples Center, Staples Center. <laughs> <laughs> Which just really made me laugh when I first read it. <laughs> yeah, but everyone's going to be wondering why you just why you stopped at the name Staples Center and started cackling. <laughs> cackle, cackle. As he had announced before on on air with Ryan Seacrest in October. Does on 20- air have an abbreviation? Is it OA? No, no, he's always on air. Ryan Seacrest ha- always has a camera on him. Yes. At all time. That's why he's in everything. Yes. Hardest working man in show business. Kevin hosted a beach party, part of the group's second annual cruise in the Bahamas on December 3rd. Which cruise line do they use? Norwegian. Sweden. Celebrity. Celebrity. <laughs> Norwegian. 2011, where he once again performed with them. On Seacrest Radio Show, he also stated that he would love to perform with the group again on a more regular basis. I want to perform with them again. That's right. Yeah. The statement, along with his appearance at the cruise event, prompted speculations that he might officially return to the Backstreet Boys, but both he, he and the group remained quiet on the matter. That's Why like how I rejoined this group. <laughs> Very similar. Yes. yes. We, we all stayed quiet. <laughs> 
And it was on a cruise. We even moved locations in hopes that you wouldn't find us, but you still found us. <laughs> yep, they found You moved across the street from me. Yeah, well, we didn't think you were that smart. <laughs> <laughs> then, during a show in London in the spring of 2012, the Backstreet Boys announced that Kevin had officially returned. Yay! Yay! Confetti, confetti! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A few days later, both AJ and Brian revealed on separate occasions that Kevin had actually been back since 2010 <gasps> before the start of the NKOTBSB tour. How do you say that for us? <laughs> Pronounce that. Nickotspos. <laughs> Quit trying to say Nickelback. Oh. Damn Canadians. Nickotspos. He had been invited to join the tour, but ultimately decided not to. They supported his decision and kept his return a secret until the tour was over. Despacito. By 2014, the Backstreet Boys were still battling former manager Lou Pearlman in court, demanding three million four hundred fifty-one thousand four hundred fifty-six dollars and four cents, <laughs> plus eighty-seven thousand seven hundred twenty-eight dollars and fifty-eight cents in legal fees. I don't remember this being in the script. <laughs> did you put that 04 in there? No, I did not. Okay. What? Did I just read it so effortlessly? No. <laughs> It's a Jew in me. I can read the money numbers yeah, really that's fast. Why it went straight down to the penny. <laughs> <laughs> Nicole wrote this paragraph. <laughs> they eventually received a settlement amounting to $99,000 in cash, dozens of audio tape reels and CDs, studio mastered audio tapes, sealed posters, cassettes, and a VHS tape. Yay, we got the it. sealed posters back. <laughs> the VHS tape. Or the cassette. The material included unreleased mixes and demos, along with their other original recordings. Excuse me. (laughs) In the spring of 2016, AJ, Howie, and Nick released a TV film for Sci-Fi Network titled Dead 7. It actually wasn't bad. Which was written by Nick and followed a group of gunslingers during a zombie apocalypse. The film's theme song, in the end, was performed by the trio. Linkin Park. Yeah, it's, it's what I'm thinking when I read that song title. Uh-huh. <laughs> was performed by the trio alongside Insync's Joey Fatone, Joey Fatone and Man, Chris Kirkpatrick. Just, who were also in the movie. He just puts himself everywhere. Yeah. Joey wanted to be in Backstreet Boys, apparently, really bad. Because Joey Fatone's awesome. He don't care. No. Jeff Timmons of 98 Degrees. Who was also and, in the movie. And O-Town's Eric Michael Estrada. It's like everyone that Lou Pearlman wronged. Yeah. Is that uh, a brother or son of Eric Estrada? Yes. Brother? Mm -hmm. Son. Son. Okay. Now, more than 20 years after their initial 1993 debut, the Backstreet Boys continued to perform and produce albums. Having sold over 100 million records worldwide, they are undeniably the best-selling and most successful boy band in history. Even over Menudo, even over O-Town, even over making the band wherever they are. Yes. So, last year, I was very fortunate. I have made a couple of connections in the media world and I was able to go to a kind of music weekend getaway in Miami and I got to see the Backstreet Boys perform which was very cool because even though I was an InSync fan I was on Team InSync it was still very <laughs> exciting it was very exciting to see the Backstreet Boys perform and I actually yeah un- but are the other InSyncers going to kick you out no, You're admitting it's, this I, over it's, open it's, internet It's air. over now. Okay. It's not the same as it was. The war is done. The war is over. You still have your side, but you're not going to fight people over it. Okay. Wait, you all used to fight people over this? It's like people fighting about Justin Bieber or like Team Bieber, Team Selena. It's what just the hell? Yeah, exactly. You don't understand it now, but if you're part of it, you, you understand, understand it. it then either. <laughs> anyway, every boy band has been the same. It's just a matter of which songs you like. So when I was at this weekend, I was able to get over. I'm to, a directioner. I was. <gasps> that caught me off guard. I don't know what that means. My my oldest daughter was. Isn't that from Glee? Like New Directions? One Direction. One Direction. No, Go from ahead with Glee. Remember they had their a cappella no, group in the first Glee. season. <laughs> the first season of Glee. The teacher had an a cappella group called New Direction. I derailed you. Go ahead. I got to... I was friends with some of the media people that were there, so I was over in their tent in kind of the sub area of the entire event that was going on. They had subs? No, so there was from a, Miami so, subs. Nice. So it was a resort. It was a big hotel resort. Okay. What year and was this? Last year. 
Oh. She's just telling us about it now. And there was the big main pool where all of the guests of the event were hanging out. And then there was a separate pool off to the side of the hotel. But I was talking with the media people that I made the connections with. And I was over by their separate side. Oh, she was friends. And Yeah. Anyway, I was over there talking with them. And then all of a sudden, the Backstreet Boys walk up. And they're just sitting there and they're doing an interview for the radio and they're on camera and they just start singing a cappella right there next to me. And then they're all done with their interview and they're getting up to leave. And I'm like, hey, Nick. And he turns around and Nick Carter shook my hand. So I have. I brush with shaken, greatness. Yes, I have shaken Nick's, Nick Carter's hand. I feel Carter's like we would have heard about this before. I've I always wondered why that hand is so dirty. Shut you? up. <laughs> but remember, she never washed she's it again. all about in sync. I... She's been kicked off Team NSYNC because she touched a Backstreet Boy. Right. You know, all of you. I'm just Speaking of NSYNC, can't. let's rate the beer. Yeah. Let's see. I might actually. Speaking of NSYNC. Smiley <laughs> <laughs> Cyrus. Um, this beer's gone bye, bye, bye. I have videos of them and right all here. all I'm going to say is it's going to be a six <coughs> because the be taste, That's the label, smoothness, everything, phenomenal. I agree. Very smooth, and my biggest complaints always the aftertaste. Minimum aftertaste. I'm also giving this a six. You know what, though? Why do we rate it a six? Faraz, why do we rate the beers the way we do? Hang on. I was cleaning my palate. So you could talk about the system. After much conflict and... There's only one conflicted person. Only After one. much soul-searching on my part... There's probably been, what, I've like come nine regulars on this show, but least. only one person's had trouble with this. I know. Go ahead. I've just come to a general <laughs> apathy for the whole situation. Okay. So, robotically, I will go over the rating system. Okay, do it like a robot. I'll do it. Do it like a robot in a B-movie. Uh, no. Yeah. I'll, I'll just do it with a whole void of emotion. No, do it like a robot in a really poor produced. I'm already movie. doing what you want me to do, Chris. I don't I know, need to like increase the level to which get I obey to you. To the rating. <sighs> boop, beep, boop, so beep, even though beer, I feel like like many things should be rated on a five point scale, but they come in six packs. As JL noted, these come in a six pack. Uh-huh. Therefore, we must rate it on drinkability out of six how many of these can you drink out of six and for some reason the label factors into that (laughs) (laughs) it's just easier for them to go along the same scale that's just something fun a little fun thing so the label plus the taste have to factor into how many of these beers you can drink out of are you serious i just i've literally just come to this conclusion (laughs) you're telling me that i've been wrong with yeah, my understanding, we, we this rating system still makes before. no damn sense. <laughs> what do you rate the beer? Can I have a sip? You haven't Again? been drinking it all along. I will just clean my palate so I can give it a proper review. While so, he and then sips I was... it, I will read what the little blurb says. It says, "Terrans unite." What if there was another world, a world that appeared similar to our own, with the same people, the same places, and even the same advancements in technology, but a world in which movies and ethics of its inhabitants were turned upside down? Notes? The label, I have to give a six. Okay. It strikes me as Mass Effect-ish, even though I know it's Star Trek. (laughs) And the beer. That label is just so appealing. Enough That's, with the label. Let's go, the beer itself the beer? has a delicious hoppiness to it. Okay. The mouth feels phenomenal. Yes. It's very smooth. Uh-huh. The aftertaste is, it's a faint linger of the hops. Minimal, Which yeah. I'm okay with. And yeah. I, therefore, I could probably drink four out of six of these. Four? <laughs> you give it a four? Uh, oh, you boy. know, in the beginning, when we started doing this in the beginning, I always felt like... I derailed JL's efforts because I was not much of a beer drinker. Then over time, I grew, my taste buds grew, and now I'm more appreciative of the beers. And I'm right along with a lot of the the general consensus of the group. I and now Faraz because of the rating system. <laughs> Faraz is now the derailer. I don't derail. He does I'm... this because of the rating system? I know yeah. it. It is fine. He's giving the beer notes. The beer is magnificent, yet it's a four. <laughs> no, you asked me for my tasting notes. I gave you my tasting yes, notes. Yes, and everything you said 
would make a casual viewer think that you were going to say or six. six. Five or six. Yeah, five or six, yeah. You know. Yes. No, but we're, we, I just spent like you 10 just... minutes talking about how the rating system is based on drinkability. Yes, and you went on about how great it was and everything like that, and you just gave it a slightly above It's how much average. I can drink wait, out of the six a pack. Second. I can't wait drink six. We know that I can't drink six wait out of six. Uh, For argument's sake, if you were to rate it out of a correct... 10 point scale what would to you give what it? the fuck did she Five. say explicit rating on this episode <laughs> <laughs> thank you again out of a five what's it rated hey, out of one need another out of five five out of five so it's a six. <laughs> it's, a six. it's a six all right nicole what's your rating <laughs> oh my goodness well, gracious. okay we'll give faraz his five point scale and we will adjust accordingly you yes. can rate it one through five. How's that? Are you happy? I'm confused, Just but right. related at the same time. All right, Nicole. It's very good. I like it. It's not too malty. It's not too bitter. It has a really nice flavor to it. That's what she I, said. I will, I will give it a five. I don't know if it's a perfect six for me. That's still pretty high. That's a good That's a good score all the way around. Don't shake your head at me. We were almost we all have perfect different six. opinions. <laughs> All right, time for fishbowl facts. Fishbowl facts. Where we pick a cup. Uh, this is actual fishbowl. It's got some short facts about the Backstreet Boys in them. We're going to pick them and read them one by one. Right. Giggity, giggity, we don't Oops. break the fishbowl of the microphones. Nope, I don't want to do either of those things. Go. All right, JL, you start us off. Did you know that if you watch Edward Scissorhands carefully, you might just spot Nick Carter? <gasps> Fish he is bullets. one of the kids playing on the slip and slide in the street. No way. Fishbowl facts. Fishbowl. Marvel creator Stan Lee made the Backstreet Boys into comic book stars. He created a comic called The Backstreet Project, and only one issue was ever printed. Wow. I feel like I was wasted on having this one because one of you guys would have appreciated it a lot yeah, more. Yeah, I would have appreciated that a <laughs> lot more than you. This one isn't wasted on me, however. Well, that's good. The band members regularly hung out at manager Lou Pearlman's home playing video games and basketball. There, the Backstreet Boys would regularly watch porn together. Oh, how exciting. <laughs> in fact. What was their favorite type of porn to watch? In fact, Howie had apparently never seen two women kiss each other until the boys found one of Pearlman's porno movies. Wow, he was missing out. Fishbowl facts! Fishbowl! Wow, that's a hard one to follow. That's, <laughs> that's what she, she said. said. <laughs> uh, how have you not opened your Guinness yet? You know, I think that I might save it for next week. What, sitting here? <laughs> What's your fishbowl fact? God, stop glaring at me, Chris. The Backstreet Boys were the cleanest band in pop music until AJ entered rehab. It's because of Kevin's intervention. When the guys filmed the Call music video, AJ attended the set visibly high, which is the reason why he wears sunglasses in the video. He always wore sunglasses. Yeah, Let that's me tell you a story true. about the call that changed my destiny. So this is a fake fact? I don't know. No. Yeah, yeah, just like Bono Wait a second, why was NSYNC not the cleanest? I've never heard any scandals about the NSYNC members. Oh, really? Neither have I. Joey Fatone really? was in every boy band out there. What no, are you but, talking about? How does that exactly. a scandal? No, but like they're saying that they were the cleanest, as in drug or alcohol kind of stuff. But I never heard anything about NSYNC. It's members. because of Justin and Britney. No, oh, maybe that's true. Yeah, that's... when you show up wearing matching denim, you're forever tarnished. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. <laughs> Lou Pearlman, yeah, the douchebag band's manager, yeah, who was later jailed for 25 years for illegal Ponzi schemes, made a ton of cash from the teenage boys. Yeah, who would play stadiums and arenas for a hundred dollars. Or less, and was just enough to cover their living costs. Oh, fishbowl facts. Is that it? Yeah. Yes. In 1992, A.J. McLean lived in the same building as Britney Spears, Justin Timberlake, and Ryan Gosling. In fact, he used to shoot hoops with Ryan on the basketball court, and one day during a game, he asked him to join his new band, which turned out to be the Backstreet Boys. What was Ryan's response? He simply nodded. Sounds about right for Ryan Gosling. He just yeah. seems like a very chill dude. He's like, cool, bro. Ryan Gosling made music, too. Yeah. He's he got was a band, in, He was in La La Land. 30 That's Seconds to Mars. No. La La Land. But he's got his own band. Yeah, La La Land It'll come band. to me after we stop recording. Howie D was originally the lead singer of the group. 
how he put together the iconic boy band, fully expecting to sing lead, but ended up not singing lead. Weed? Lead. Weed. Weed. Speaking of Howie D, he went to the same college as NSYNC member Chris Kirkpatrick. They both attended... The most underappreciated member of NSYNC. They both attended Valencia College in Orlando. Soul Patch. And they sung together in Valencia's choir. He was in Fairly Odd Parents. Chris Kirkpatrick. Never watched it. My shunting teeth and me. My shunting teeth and Steel Panther, the 80s hair metal knockoff band, did a phenomenal cover of I Want It That Way and should be listened by everyone because it is the greatest cover of a boy band ever by a hair metal band. So weird. That's a matter of opinion. The hell was a hair metal band? There was eight fishbowl facts, but suddenly a ninth (laughs) one appeared out of nowhere. What happened? And he did a good job with having a paper in front of you. (laughs) (laughs) Did it not look very official? It did look. It looked like you were reading. All right, what's in the emails? If anybody would like to email us, you can email us at podcast42show at gmail.com. Use the numbers 42. Don't type out the words 42, please. Like Faraj usually does when he emails us. It will not get through to us, and we will not Which is be why able... we never answer any of Faraz's emails. Oh, they're too long. Our, e- our first email is from Gray <laughs> Gary. Senators answer my emails. Does Gary call himself Gray Gary? Is that yes. why? Okay. He said, thank you for not talking too much about the Transformers movies. They destroyed my childhood. No plot, no character development, nothing like the TV shows. Boo. Also, the death <laughs> oh, of no. Dinobot. Ri- Seriously? <laughs> Sad. Also, the death of Dinobot rivals the death of Tom Hanks in Philadelphia. Um, I have to agree with that. The death of Tom Hanks in Philadelphia is one of the most very sad. Can I tell you? One of the saddest scenes ever. Them saying no plot, no character development. Like there was no plot or character development. Clearly, they're seeing fall of the uh, wait, dark of the moon. I'm not disagreeing. I'm just saying that's why I don't like action movies. I'm like they're just they're trying to make everything look big and flashy and oh my gosh, look what we could do with these special effects and everything. It's you watch too much Michael Bay. The movies are just not yeah, good. The Dark Knight trilogy is an action trilogy. Technically, technically, yeah. There's tons of great action. Die Hard. Die Hard. Die Hard's a great one to watch. Home Alone yeah. Two. John McClane has grown a lot over the years. Yeah. Home Alone Two, except for that one cameo somewhere in the middle. Of that there's wish. a lot of action in Home Alone Two. <laughs> Elvis was in it. Yeah. Yes. Daniel yes. Stern's no, character that was the grows first a lot. Home Alone. It wasn't Home Alone Two. That was Home Alone Two. It was in the first Home Alone when she if is you talking watch, to the. Now I don't know. The watch camera. the Terminator movies. Honestly, Terminator Two Terminator is one of the really greatest good. ones. Yeah. The plot, yeah. the character, everything. Terminator Two is phenomenal. Yeah, okay. there's a lot of great action movies. All right, it's making a list. I just, you know, it's Michael Bay ruined robots Lethal Weapon. Transform. <gasps> yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Before Mel got crazy. Yeah. We have another email. Showed off how crazy he was. There's even great action movies that really don't have much of a plot or character development. Like Bad Boys. Fury Road. Bad, yeah, Bad Boys, I agree. Bad Boys is funny. Mad Fury Max Road. Fury Road is phenomenal. Great movie. There's visually, there's no story-wise. Real, there's not a big gigantic plot to it, and there's no character development, and it's a crazy good movie. But you know exactly what's going to happen, like just like you watch it. it sounds like a terrible movie. Kevin there's Costner's no, Robin no Hood. No character development, no plot. There, there is some character development, to be. but it, there doesn't need to be. There's so what's an good about it? Purpose to it. It's that one you got to watch. Can't Fury, really describe it. Mad Max Fury Road is phenomenal. Visually, sound-wise, That's what it I mean. Great. It's all for the flash. I want the story. There is a story. Uh... <laughs> all right, next email. Nacy Loom says, Did you hear the urban legend about a Japanese department store that mounted a smiling Santa nailed to a that crucifix? Mounted. Apparently, it was an attempt to adopt Western culture sometime after World War II, and someone got confused. That sounds awesome. That sounds creepy. Santa nailed to a crucifix. Yeah, there's so many urban legends. You can't hear them all, but that's interesting. That's what I'd like to see pictures of. Yeah. Sure, if you Googled Santa on a crucifix, you would yeah, find know, plenty. but... You'd probably find some porn about that, too. <laughs> <laughs> probably. All right, well, that's our Backstreet Boys. Yay! All right! Nice. Good topic. Hopefully, good. we'll find this episode in a year. No, we're not going to lose in any more episodes. I, uh, I will find Dave Grohl. We have a, Dave, a lost Dave Grohl episode. <laughs> I'm going to find it. That was a good episode. Maybe by the time you're hearing this, we'll have already found it and have released it. 
That's and true. if not, you now know the joke. It'll be our unreleased demo that we can sue someone for. Oh. <laughs> uh. I now understand how Tupac's been coming out with shit for the past 20 some <laughs> years. Explicit. He lost it on like whatever. And now they're randomly finding it, you know, like our Dave Grohl episode. Well, without this podcast, is probably one of the biggest podcasts out there. But last podcast <laughs> on the left did a Tupac Shakur and Biggie Smalls episodes. Biggie's Ooh. better. And um, they said that uh, those guys at that time would just go in and record and record and record and record. Mm -hmm. And that's why there's so much Tupac material afterwards. It's just because that's all they did. Well, a lot of who'd rap like is more? improvisational. So yeah. I'm not surprised by that. Who are you? Who'd you prefer? I don't really know a lot of Tupac. Do you like Biggie or Tupac? For us. I know oh, I've never been a fan Nicole? of Raul. I don't know either. Of I know really? like two None Tupac of songs, and that's it. So I would have to go with Biggie because I know more Biggie. of his songs. Okay. Well, there cool. you go. Yeah. Vanilla okay. Ice. We. No. I actually believe that with you. <laughs> Who me? No him. Him. Oh yeah. I could yeah. Totally I wasn't allowed to listen to rap music. That sounds about right. When I was that actually sounds about right. Do you want to know who I was explicitly not allowed to listen to when Will I was Smith. growing up? Hanson. Nickelback. That, that my dad actually would change, turn off radio. You told Disney. us this before. Mariah who Carey. was it? And Aaron Carter. It was Aaron Carter. My dad would turn off Radio Disney whenever an Aaron Obviously Carter song came on. Obviously, your dad knew what was Aaron Carter was going to become. <laughs> but. It's just he looks he like Christian Bale in The Machinist now. Because he considered really? that rap, and he was like, "You can't listen to that." I had a sheltered childhood. I know you still haven't seen Dumbo. I know. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much heartbreak there. I just maybe it was for my my favor. You couldn't even listen to like '80s rap in the very beginning before it was super I hardcore. Even, I don't it was really fun. What, no, I don't even know what '80s rap is. Like. Early Run DMC, no. Run DMC, Beastie Boys, no. Beastie Young Boys, Young MC, MC yeah. Hammer, no, no MC I'd, Hammer. What's the one MC, MC Hammer, Hammer song? is like the cleanest rapper out there? What's the one MC Hammer song that everybody can't touch knows? This? That one. That's the only one. But I don't know the words. I just know can't touch it. Do 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 do. What was the rapper that did? You got what I need. Oh, Bismarcky. Bismarcky. No Bismarcky. Those are fun rappers. He was the yeah, best because well, no matter how bad of a singer you were, you could go and do the "Oh baby, you." No rappers delight. No. Ugh. I mean, believe me, if I could go back in time and redo my whole childhood, so I could so listen could to all of these things, <laughs> if I could find a way, I would. All right. Well, on that note, I'm Christopher DeVos. I'm Nicole Fasone. I'm JL Tros. I'm Faraz. Hey, the Faraz. We do it in the same order every time. That's yes, right. Yes. That's yeah. why because, I give okay. us the script that yeah. way. All right. So you're come right. On, Chris. I'm wrong. You're the one that told me it was like a clock. That's what I say to my wife all the Backstreet's time. Backstreet's over. <laughs> it's like a all right. Bye. Bye bye bye. Wrong group. <laughs> Fare thee well. You are no longer listening to Podcast 42. Some of the stuff you just heard might have been embellished, made up, or just plain incorrect. In other words, don't use this show to write a book report with. You will get a bad grade. Just like all the hosts. But I'm not done yet. JL's Beer Cooler is written and performed by Cremo. Cremo is an award-winning actor and musician. For all things Cremo, including more great music, visit Cremo.com. That's spelled C-R-A-Y-M-O. He is on Twitter at Cremo. Facebook, just search Cremo Music. And also on YouTube under, you guessed it, Cremo.